0: Intersect podcast. It's me, Noah Coote, along with my very cultured friend, Michael Brach. And co-host. Yeah, you're cultured. Is this because, you know, a nice new. Is uh, this
1: because last episode I talked about the election cycles of a lot of countries?
0: Yeah, actually following politics on an international level. Who would have thought?
1: (laughs) This reminds me, I forgot to put something on the outline. But yes. Uh, how have you been, Noah? How's your week?
0: Uh, my week's been alright. Uh, I just gotta figure out a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think I mentioned it last time. I have got that flight to Singapore, and I'm getting ready for it right now. So, there's all the packing and preparing, and also because I'm visiting my parents, I'm asking them, hey, you guys want me to bring anything for you guys over to Singapore from the U.S., and taking care of, you know, packing everything, checking everything's good. Making sure the house is clean so that when I leave, I come back to a nice clean house ready for me.
1: Uh, see, that's the that's the ideal strategy. For me, I do the opposite in that I because I usually pack, my place is a mess. And when I come back, it's a mess. and Yeah, gets so
0: I'm doing my best to do it the proper way. Uh, yeah, otherwise, I'm also just working on, well, I've got all kinds of weird stuff going on for me right now with job stuff. But uh, I have to do... I have to now figure out how I'm going to do a bunch of interviews while having a 12-hour time difference.
1: Uh, Settle... Ask them to be in the morning, and then this way it's, like, night-night for you. Yeah,
0: yeah so I'm going to ask everyone, hey, can I do things, like, anywhere from 9 a.m., 8 a.m. even, till, like, noon? I am okay with it, because basically... That'd just be me in the evening. I could, like, go eat a quick dinner or something and just come back and in the evening do my interviews. It's nice, actually. I don't have to get up early for interviews.
1: I actually started really liking early interviews because it's like I'm done and then I can just get on with the rest of my day. The only reason, like, this current job I had, I had to do afternoon interviews because I had already had a job. So I needed to schedule it away from my job. (laughs)
0: yeah i would say though i relate to that in terms of how i planned out my classes in college mm. a lot of people don't understand why or how or like how do you even torture yourself by getting up early but i loved for like putting all my classes in the morning that way after lunch i actually got a free day to do whatever. see I that
1: would have been the intelligent um, thing to do but i was stupid i've learned my ways and i'm learning
0: and also the trick was I would never have to go back to my dorm and stuff in the middle of the day between classes, losing time walking around. I was on campus the whole time just doing my classes. And then afterwards, I was free and I didn't have to bother going around to campus to do everything I wanted. So that's how I plan things out. I think it's a good philosophy to actually try to get work done in the morning, but also be realistic. Don't try to get your work done at 6 a.m.
1: because No one's productive at that's too early. 6 a.m.
0: But, you know, if you like, you got four hours of classes you got to do for that day, you can do everything from 8 a.m. till noon. And that's pretty realistic. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that's how it is. Um, but yeah, so I've got to prepare all my interview stuff. Uh, I'm only a little bummed because I actually recently discovered one of my servers for my project I'm doing at home. Uh, recently is running into issues. And for some reason... It randomly shuts down like 40 minutes after I started up and it doesn't restart, which is an issue because it's my storage server, meaning that I can't access a lot of things like my backup files and all, hmm. which is frustrating. But uh, I'm gonna look into troubleshooting all this right now before I leave. That way everything can be uh, back up and working while I'm remote. And generally, that's the only issue is that's a problem that I have to physically uh, be there to fix. But otherwise, um, if that's up, my server system is all remote-based for everything like I do. That's awesome. It. So that's cool.
1: But yeah. That's good. Glad that your, your week's been fun and exciting, and it sounds like it's going to continue being exciting.
0: Yeah. Oh, and I guess I also forgot to mention, I'm developing also a new code project called, well, cur- the current name for this Project Monomoy. It will have a proper name in the future with a friend and that's actually a uh platform that i'll be using for one of my websites that's going to be publishing a lot of uh tech related articles and so on
1: yeah you got me starting working on one website and i started working on articles and then you're like nah i'm gonna make this better i'm like oh okay
0: well your articles can still be published Uh,
1: it's they're old they're not relevant anymore
0: Uh, I know. Sorry about that. But I think you'll actually really like the plan I got. But I'll reveal more later on when there's more development being done. Currently, it's in prototyping phase.
1: That's good. I'm excited.
0: (sighs) And uh, how have you been? What's going on with
1: you? Oh, you know, moving in. Actually, my sister's visiting uh, tomorrow. Um, But yeah, unpacking, work. And my commute this morning, like many of uh, people who work and live in new york uh was uh was disrupted uh,
0: how so like the train stopped working type of thing. Uh,
1: there were massive delays in every train in the city because um about 30 minutes before i went into work um there was a uh, there was an uh, there was a uh, mass shooting event in uh brooklyn
0: oh really yes. And this mass shooting event, I guess, affected the entire MTA. Yes, that's why it's called in the yes. York, right? Okay. Uh,
1: specifically, it affected like the D line, the N R W lines, which the only reason I'm naming them is uh, the B and D line are basically follow each other, and that's what I took to work. And one of my roommates takes the uh, takes the R to work, so we so our lines were specifically very much affected. Um, but, again, that's the... Oh, no, we relate to work. Not a big deal. Uh, what's unfortunately sad is that um, this gunman uh, shot... Uh, apparently shot 10 people. Uh, all of them are expected to survive. Uh, an additional 13 okay. more people were injured in the incident. Uh, there were fears this morning that there were explosives. It we, uh, turns out that there was a smoke grenades, which... Sounds scary, but it's actually comforting because explosives are a lot scarier sounding.
0: My question is, how did he get his hands on smoke grenades? It's the or were they like homemade? It's
1: the United States. Either one doesn't surprise me.
0: All right. Um. Um, (sighs) Shootings. You know, this is the problem right now. Where I'm not really surprised at the shooting, and instead, my question is. What are the implications of the fact that a single individual can basically completely interrupt a public transportation system? Well, through the implications of are, well,
1: A, millions of, millions of New Yorkers were late to work today, plain and simple. 30 people went to the hospital. Um, uh, several, I think about uh, five people are in critical condition right now, but expected to pull through. Um, the, the city, uh, every city with a major, uh, uh, public transportation system. So Boston, LA, San Francisco, Atlanta, uh, Philly, and amongst others, Seattle, they all increase security with a uh, police presence at every station. Um, and there's a manhunt going on in New York city right now because they still haven't found the so suspect. So he
0: was not apprehended? Hmm. He was not apprehended? They didn't get to him?
1: Yeah, apparently all the cameras that were around that station don't work.
0: Well, isn't that convenient?
1: The most highly funded police force in the world.
0: So I, I'm, I'm gonna say though quickly, because this is the thing where it's like, I was thinking about the implications more than the fact that I'm like, oh my god, it's a shooter. I'm so desensitized to the idea of a shooter in this country.
1: I mean, even in New York City, it's desensitized. When my mom texted me, uh, my mom's the first person who let me know, who made me know that something was happening today, because I walked in the train, I just saw delays and like, oh great, um, I didn't know anything. My mom texted me, she's like, "Are you okay? Is everything fine?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm heading to work. It's uh, Tuesday morning. It's a random day. It's a random Tuesday morning. I'm heading to work." Nothing that exciting, right? And then it was only, like, 10 minutes later, I get the notification, I think, from, like, the New York Times. It's, like, there was a shooting in Brooklyn. Um, and then I had, like, with some of my friends who who thought I still lived in Brooklyn Or like, are you guys okay? It's, like, I have to explain. It's, like, Brooklyn's very big. I, I'm not familiar with that area of Brooklyn. Like, I don't think I've been there, but, like... It, it was just it's just weird. And I do have like friends who live in, in the area sunset park, so like I checked up on them. For them it's very scary, but for the rest of New York it's just like business as usual. Like uh, I had lunch at at Central Park today, everyone was having a jolly good old time.
0: People are not mad about the shooter. People are mad about the MTA being delayed. That's what <laughs> happened.
1: Well for a lot of people that was the biggest inconvenience.
0: Yes. Um and that's actually the thing, which uh to me is like Partially, we're desensitized. Second, it's also such a big city that a shooting in one area of the city doesn't actually really affect that many people. Well, Um, and it it doesn't
1: emotionally like. Here's my friends who live in Sunset Park. They're like they're they're worried, they're afraid, there are helicopters all around them. Um, The only thing I notice really is just increased police presence at train stations. And even then, they had started increasing... Emotionally...
0: Emotionally, people are desensitized to it and don't really actually care all that much.
1: What does that say about our society, if, like, a shooting can happen? I think if I were to go to that area, it wouldn't take me... It would take me less than an hour to get there and, like, just, like, desensitized. It's really scary.
0: And I guess I could also go on with... And I was worried about just the implications. I was like... So does that mean in any city with a public transport system, a shooter could just go to a station, cause um, a ruckus, and basically put all of the public transportation to a standstill for like a good few minutes?
1: Well, this is what happens when you live in a society that has too many guns.
0: Yep. Um, But also now it's just making me worried about um, public transport is something that I think is almost vital, especially in a city of that size and in general for... It's an environmentally friendly way to move people around in a city and it's almost required in a large city because, well, it's the way people live and need to get around. And so being able to disrupt that is not only like, it's a huge risk, but in addition to that, um, I was thinking about something related to to the whole
1: if you're not personally affected by tragedy especially in a in a world where we're so sensitive we we're desensitized to tragedy to horror to uh human suffering that's where the mind thinks of and it's it's normal to be that way um
0: yeah. but it's But now also in addition to that, my love for public transport, I'm worried about, this is what I'm worried about now. It's public transportation works best because it's an open system that's easy to access and hopefully provides a service that's good enough for people to conveniently get around. Do you think there's going to be more people trying to drive now that there was a shooting? I mean, the reality is partially because people are so desensitized, it's inconvenient. Um, They're going to maybe make things a little more frustrating because of security changes but the reality is most people are just going to be like I'm going to
1: use a train again no problem Noah, I'm um, going to be honest uh like I took I I took the train down to meet some friends for dinner because I couldn't find a bike and I didn't want to and then when I was going home I took a train again because I didn't want to bike all the way from uh SoHo from NoHo or East Village up to Harlem so like
0: so you didn't care. Your brain, you absolutely didn't My care. My brain
1: was like, I would rather take the 30-minute train ride than, than uh, bike the hour. Yeah. Valid. And but I also, like...
0: I would imagine in a country with a lot less shootings, if something like that happened, it would have more of an impact. And in the U.S., it actually barely No, happened. I mean,
1: if we're going to be honest about it, if you were on and talk about shootings, there were two mass shootings that happened this past weekend... Uh, one in Cali, the other one, I don't know where, where there were actual like dozens of like casualties, like double digit, double digit casualties. Those happen in California. And the fact, uh, I mean, one of them happened in California. I don't know where the other one happened. Um, which tells you a, if, if this was happening in, I don't know, France, right? Because we're going to talk about France later. Um. If, if see uh, if there was people at Nice, right, or Lyon or whatever, and there are 10 people who were shot in an incident, that would be breaking news. Everyone would be talking about it, right? But yeah. in the United States we are so desensitized to violence, and specifically gun violence that i can't even recall. i can't even recall which state not city or whatever i can't tell you the city of either one of those incidents i can't even t- i can't tell you what state the second one happened this weekend because there are so many mass shootings in the united states that i have no idea there are more guns than people in the united states the the That's the, true. the united states is number 1 in guns per capita number 2 is somalia and Somalia is a failed state.
0: So are we also a failed state? Question mark. <laughs>
1: That's a question for the future. Um, uh,
0: I mean, we do we do have a yeah. congresswoman
1: saying that high school students should be armed so this way they can't be killed in a mass shooting event. But like
0: actually I was going to talk about that in just a moment because I also I don't know, I'm seeing a lot of posts on the internet lately about High schools checking bags every morning of every student that comes into the school or, like, a, um, what do you call it, metal detectors and stuff, just because they're worried about guns.
1: No, I'm... Oh, okay, so we're talking about different things here. Yeah, uh, you know some schools are straight up ban backpacks, right? Or for major public events, if you have a backpack, you're supposed to be clear backpacks.
0: Yeah, um, so, so, like... I mean, I know we're talking about something different, but it's just, I don't know why, but this sudden thing that to me seemed a bit surprising because I started noticing it on social uh, media, as I said, like on Reddit and memes and whatnot, little gifs of like students walking with their bags and the teacher being like, nope, like got to check her bag. Um, I'm like, is this really happening? Um, I mean, for context, I've actually never been in uh, public school here in the U.S. Depends on depends on the, depends on the public school.
1: Depends on the neighborhood. Metal detectors are not that old, but they were usually put in uh, on low income, more minority schools. Uh, now you're seeing metal detectors and like those extra security measures being put in all schools in general, regardless of income or. So is that
0: really that common here? And is it a recent thing? Because I've never okay. So
1: metal detectors at schools and checking bags have been a thing like pre two thousand, especially for uh, for minorities and uh, low income neighborhoods in public okay. schools. Huh. Um, now and now you see, you're starting to see them more. And also back then they were looking for knives. Now they're looking for guns because uh, it was a lot harder to get a gun in the nineteen nineties than it is now especially with the advent of ghost guns, which are a thing now. Um, they're... Ghost oh, guns? Ghost what? guns are freely pertinent guns. They have no serial numbers. Anyone can get them. There's no there's no registry. There's no background checks, etc. And they're increasingly becoming a bigger and bigger part of crime. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. That's a whole other topic, which we're just going to fly over because uh, neither of us prepared for it. <laughs> um...
0: Anyways, uh, I don't know. I feel like, actually, it's less about the shooting we had today that's the news, and now the whole idea is... It's interesting to just think about the whole situation in terms of everything that led up to now. I don't really care about the shooting. Like, I do care, but I mean, I would probably care more about other news than I care about the news of a shooting, it's probably different for people who live in that neighborhood and for the people who are actually directly affected. Yeah, no, I'm it. concerned but about my friends. People are actually going to complain about, and this is actually what you, t- I think before you even mentioned the shooting, what you actually mentioned was the MTA was delayed <laughs> because <laughs> that, this is actually kind of what it is. The The thing we worry about is why is my train delayed? And then afterwards the consequence was, oh, it's because a shooting happened somewhere and not because, oh, my God, a shooting happened. And then it's like, oh, okay, it makes sense that it changes the light. No,
1: I mean, it's fair. Just, Everyone in the office was talking about, like, it was just like, oh, did they find a the shooter yet? No, they didn't. How many people are in the hospital? It's a, it's an abstraction. And it was like, I, like, I only, like, being honest, it's like, as soon as I found out my friends were okay, I'm like, okay, now let's go on with my day. Like,
0: yeah,
1: it's a it's a sad oh, well. world we live in, and that's not even the worst news we have on this docket. Um, um, but yeah, they found they found a uh, as of recording they found a a person of of um interest who apparently has left some very problematic videos on YouTube. I'm not gonna say the name because. This is not the second time I've been in... This is the second time I've been in a city that's on an active citywide manhunt. Uh, the last time I was in a city that had an active citywide manhunt was... Uh, what year was it? Uh, I want to say it was like 2015, 2016. And that's... We were, in, we were in Boston. We were in high school at the time, Noah.
0: Um, oh, that was the Boston yeah. Marathon. And... At- um, I remember about that, and I that was actually something where people. Well, actually, I think the reason it became more a worry about the shooting was because it happened at an event, like the Boston Marathon, and so a lot of people were directly affected yes. by it. Uh,
1: but the bo- but the point is I'm making is like why I'm not going to say the name because, at the Boston uh, bombing marathon, when the news was coming out, because it was such a ch- Highly charged moment, and let's be honest, it was a um, it was a hor- horrendous crime, which we've seen per- perpetrated today. And um, they just because everyone's trying to be first in the news, they say this person is responsible, this person is responsible, and oftentimes, person of interest does not mean suspect, or even suspect doesn't mean they did it. it's just that's who, with the information we have, that's who. That's who afford you say most likely did it. So just out of abundance of caution, I'm just like, I'm not. I see the name of the man who who's being sought by police. I, I I saw some of the messages he left on YouTube, and I hope that it's him. I mean, I hope that it's him and they find him soon. But like, if it's someone else, then like I want them to be found. And not potentially, like, hurt someone's life by just mentioning their name when it's not necessarily them. Um, But, yeah. So, that was the, I swear, the news, that, so that's a horrific tragedy that happened in the United States. And let's talk more about a horrific, horrible tragedy that happened elsewhere in the world, in Ukraine.
0: Um oh yes the war is still happening. I I feel like I've been hearing a lot less about the war. Well that's lately.
1: because the media cycle is getting uh, getting old and tired and they're like let's talk about inflation. Let's talk about the fact that we're going to put more ethanol in our gas. Or let's talk about literally anything else because we've been for the past month and a half everyone's been talking about uh the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Um let's be clear this, the, uh, again, when you're, when there's so much overload of information, it is easy to uh, be like, oh, this isn't happening to me. It's easy to abstract the thought, but it's, it's families being destroyed. It's people being attacked, people at home being attacked. And in the case of Ukraine, we talked about the human rights violations that we saw in, um, uh, that, that, that we saw in the outskirts of um, of Kyiv and this week uh, since we recorded they talked more specifically about the city of, uh, the town of Bucha and just the horrific um, events that's transpired. A well, straight
0: up massacre.
1: Massacre yeah to the point where um, Joe Biden the uh, President of the United States uh, called uh, Vladimir Putin uh said that uh, what's happening right now is a genocide, which um, in terms of foreign policy, can it carries significant weight? You don't you don't use the word genocide lightly. It's to accuse someone else of committing genocide is one of the um most serious and heinous crimes you can accuse anyone of, of doing or any nation of doing.
0: Accusing them is a
1: crime? No, I'm saying, like, it's, uh, accusing them is one of the, like, it's the strictest thing you can do. Like, it's, it's the, it's yep. the, the implications of saying someone committed genocide is, um, carries a lot of weight. And, um, yeah. And we can, I, like, the stories, there's so many stories, just the horror and all the things that happen and if you if it's something that interests you, you can look it up online. If you guys want, you can reach out, and I can link you articles from the New York Times, BBC, or otherwise that talk about the specific incidents or the massacre. But it's just, it's a lot.
0: There's and a lot um, going
1: on, and
0: it's not fun to read about.
1: And and again, there are, there's some people like, why don't you talk about Yemen? Why don't you talk about Sudan? Why don't you talk about Ethiopia? All those are valid points and everyone deserves to be heard. We focus on Ukraine because it's in the news and like that drives interest, but like human tragedies happening everywhere and it's frustrating. It's sad. Like I'd much rather talk about Will Smith getting kicked out of the Oscars for 10, for 10 years than, um, than human rights violations and starvation in Ethiopia. And uh yeah. I think so it's just like we try to balance out the bad news with some good news or it's just some different news. And it's important and it's and not to say it's it's easy to feel lost or angry or honestly desensitized to the whole thing. But it's like when you have the personal choice to make better choices to advocate for something better than you should uh but yeah i think we should take a break i think i should take a break all right
0: we're gonna take a break (laughs) and we'll be back in a short moment
1: and we are back to uh i have no idea how to categorize this news so remember uh no remember like two episodes ago where we talked about oklahoma's legislature passing a ban on abortion
0: yeah and uh yeah, I remember. There was a, they're trying to like overturn Roe v. Wade yeah. or something.
1: The governor officially signed the bill into law, uh, today.
0: So, abortions are officially in again.
1: Oklahoma, for now. There's gonna there's, in all likelihood, uh, someone is gonna sue and block the law from coming into effect, and then it's gonna mm-hmm. head to the Supreme Court. Blah blah blah. But let's just say that it's that someone passed a law, and then. Whether or not it takes effect is too complicated, but, like, as of right now, uh, abortions are illegal in Oklahoma. Or will be made illegal August 27th, but, like, yeah.
0: (sighs) I don't... Why? (laughs) I know why, but still, why? Why does shit like this happen? What's so bad about letting someone not bring, not give birth? Isn't it better to let people decide if they, or let people realize, maybe I'm not ready for a child, and give them the chance to actually avoid giving no, birth? No,
1: uh, I'm going to run, I'm going to run, uh, I don't have the exact stats on me. Um, I, I, I'm, I can look it up, but I... But I, 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 know th- I know the general trend of the numbers. If you want me to look it up, I can look it up. Uh, do you think most people who have abortions, do you think they are already parents or do you think this is the fir- uh, they are not parents?
0: I actually... Mm, you know what? I feel like because of the way it's portrayed in media or the news and there's always a focus on teenage pregnancies and so on, And also the fact that young people are generally not married, I'd say, I'd say, like, maybe the expected answer would be young people or people with no Mm -hmm. children to start with. But the reality is now I'm wondering, like, people have children very much. People have sex. It's normal. Accidents happen. It's normal. And whether or not you have a kid, I'm still going to guess you're going to have sex. And so the reality is you might have many people who already have a child who are already putting a lot of work in and barely able to take care of their child, realizing I really don't want a second child. And probably actually it might be a lot of people who already have kids actually trying to go for abortions.
1: Um, yeah. So um, most people who get an abortion are um, are already kids, uh, already parents. <laughs> Yeah, they are already. Uh, they're already parents. In fact, sixty percent of people, according to the CDC, who get an abortion have at least one or more children versus none. And then most of most people who get uh, an abortion, forty three percent of people get an abortion within the first six weeks, and then another thirty six percent get in the seven to nine. So if we're doing a first trimester is uh, first nine weeks, right?
0: I am not sure.
1: Uh, three months each. There's four weeks and three months. So there's there's four weeks and there's four weeks a month. Three months is the first trimester. Four times twelve, so twelve weeks. So in the so let's do within six weeks to thirteen weeks. Forty three 36 plus six plus thirteen. So that's um, uh forty nine plus forty three. Uh, that's uh eighty seven percent. Uh, have have mm-hmm. the, have have the abortion in the first trimester. So we're not talking about like late, uh, uh late stage abortions, etc. Um, Noah, you said they're teenagers, right? Ah.
0: Um, I'd say I wouldn't be surprised to hear that teenagers have abortions as well as adults. I don't think they're the majority, but they certainly do have
1: abortions. Yeah, about 9% of teenagers, ha- uh, uh, 9% of people who have abortions are teenagers. And then
0: okay. that seems
1: 20 normal. to 24, 28%, 25 to 29, 29%, 30 to 34, 20%, 35 or older, 15% so just think about that okay. teenagers make up that lowest category yes the last one 35 or older is a huge age gap between 35 and I guess female reproductivity ends at like uh, is over around 55 or whatever so that's a 20 year gap but still But,
0: it, yeah I'm gonna put it this way though it's the way we think about it there's so much media and stuff going around like teen pregnancies and stuff and always thinking about it's certainly um girls who are still in high school, they're the ones getting abortions. Um, I mean, yeah, that's partially true, but that's not really the only people who can... I mean, I would—I was about to say the words take advantage. I would actually rather say the people who need uh, an abortion. Actually, speaking abortion. of need, um,
1: um, what percentage uh, do you think are in terms of like mm-hmm. uh, their level of poverty? So this only has... More than twice the poverty level, up to twice the poverty level, and below the poverty level. So,
0: what about medical reasons?
1: Um, I know I'll I'll keep looking. I just brought up this article, but uh, Noah, are they below the poverty level or higher than that? What do you think most people do it?
0: I would like to say that I would not be surprised if I hear the majority of people are below the poverty
1: level. Uh, forty nine percent.
0: So just around. So the do, uh, well, the almost mom, it's less, it's almost half. It's almost less. half. Yeah, but almost half. So that is a a large amount.
1: Yeah. So those are people who realize they, they do not have the resources to take care of additional children or a child. Period.
0: And w- while you can say that they want an abortion, the reality is if we care about the well being of the children and the ability for the parents to raise them in an environment where they can actually be able to raise them as parents without working three jobs or working two jobs and never being able to be there around for their kid, and actually being able to provide to their kid and buy them a good meal three times a day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. they You need to think about it. If we're caring about the well-being of the children they want and they want an abortion, I would actually think that the way we should put it is that they actually need an abortion. Yeah. Because it's... Their realization that they can't give proper care to their child if they were to have another child. We're a
1: society that cares more about about fetuses, unborn unborn collection of cells, than that cares about actual living human beings.
0: Well, that's because they're the ideal... they're the ideal group to support <laughs> yes the they, out, they,
1: they can't vote they and no one yeah, no they, one hates them
0: they can't vote they can't complain and nobody's gonna say I hate fetuses So they're like you could they're like um imaginary group of supporters and you could say we need to protect them and the thing is nobody's gonna be like, I hate babies. No, I don't care about them. But also, the reality is you can still portray them as people and a group of people and be like, they... I need to take care of them. And then the reality is as soon as they're born, they can actually start stating their opinion. You're like, I don't care about you guys. Anymore. Yeah.
1: And we talked about this, uh, uh, like like I said, two episodes ago. We uh, we looked up the, uh, the penalties under the law and the penalty for for rape in Oklahoma you can face up to 10 years in prison for uh for a rape if uh, for an abortion in in Oklahoma if you perform one uh, if you commit rape you can face you can you face a minimum of five years so there's a chance someone performing an abortion can face twice as much jail time as someone who committed who assaulted someone who sexually assaulted someone against your will that's
0: you know what my question is, why aren't we protecting the abortion people's jobs if we care about protecting the coal miners' jobs so much?
1: Like, it, it's, uh.
0: I don't know. I'm being dumb here.
1: Yeah. But. I saw this slide is when the penalty for aborting after rape is more severe than the penalty for rape, that's when you know it's a war on women. Because, let's be clear, there's no way in hell that, like, someone making a personal decision. To, to not carry a child. A child requires constant care, attention, medical care, education, schooling, commitment. It is a 18-year commitment. And that person decides that they are not ready for it. And then when I hear the people who say, oh, adopting, the U.S. foster care system is horrendously bad. The movie portrayals of... uh, No one portrays foster care as a good system in the United States because everyone knows it's a shitty system that lets most people down.
0: I was about to share a personal family story related to this, but actually I don't know if I should share it. But anyways, yes, the foster care system is shitty. And what I will tell you is the moral of that story is the Child Protection Service officer themselves said, living with their parents is certainly light years ahead in the quality of life than anything you'll experience going into foster care.
1: It's, it is a, you can, just removing the human emotion out of it, this is a fucked up thing to do. And the people in Oklahoma who wrote this law, go fuck yourselves. (sighs) Anyways, moving on. We have a bunch of elections, um, uh, but since we started in the U.S. thing, we're going to stay in the U.S. theme. So Amazon,
0: a... U- uh, I was going to say, um, actually quickly, I hope all the lawmakers in Oklahoma who voted to put this ban in place, they um, end up having to be responsible for taking care of every single unwanted child that could have been prevented by an abortion.
1: Yeah cool with that but yeah anyways moving on
0: Um, Um, oh this is good news now yeah yeah,
1: you'll see um one one amazon warehouse uh decided to form a union the warehouse in Staten island and uh the, the vote successfully passed amazon is complaining against the results uh saying that they work well uh they work well with their uh with their warehouse workers and that they that unions will needlessly slow things up and will hurt their ability to help them even though walmart makes up a third of warehouse workers yet responsible for half of all warehouse worker injury
0: um did you i was gonna say though also i talk about good news the reality is it's good news unless you're jeff bezos (laughs)
1: Or whoever's the current Jeff running uh running Amazon. Um also, uh Amazon re- remember when we talked about that tornado that destroyed an Amazon warehouse and killed like twenty people or something like that? It killed a lot of people.
0: Yeah, and they weren't allowed to yeah, leave. Yeah, they
1: weren't allowed to leave. Apparently the building was not was not built correctly. It was it was defective.
0: It wasn't built up to go. Yep. And, uh, why didn't they have somebody check that? I mean, they had
1: someone check it, but they just decided to, uh, not do anything about it.
0: Well, seems like a lawsuit's coming
1: into place. Yeah, the, uh, was it the supporting columns and parts of the warehouse that uh, that collapsed might not have been properly secured to the ground. You know, I'm pretty sure
0: The thing that, um, keeps you from flying away in a tornado... Huh. Well, about that. Have you heard of the tornado that affected the Amazon warehouse that had the defective building?
1: So, yeah. So even if Amazon pays again, just because they do come, some companies do good things doesn't mean they're capable of bad. Yes. Amazon pays their warehouse workers more than any other warehouse company in thing. And when they bring their warehouses, they usually bring wages up. But they're also responsible for the death of human humans people mothers fathers brothers sisters friends etc that's like that is direct responsibility they denied these people the ability to go home and put them in a warehouse that was not built correctly and then people died like half of half of injuries of all warehouse workers come from Amazon they only make up a third they're responsible for half amazon has a turnover rate so high they basically run through all their warehouse workers every 8 months if this was a pyramid scheme it would it would come crashing down Within two three years, because they would have suckered everyone in the world into it. Holy shit! Okay, uh, don't actually quote me on the pyramid scheme. I was I was doing that for dramatic effect, uh, but it, it it'd be a large <laughs> number. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's Amazon. Uh, they're not the only company facing a uh, union pressure, and Starbucks. Uh, you know. America's favorite coffee chain, or the favorite one that they hate, hate talk trash to about. Um, they eight eight of their stores in Buffalo, New York, have unionized. And this again the same thing. Starbucks offers great health benefits. They um, they uh, help support people for college. They give infertility treatments. Blah blah blah. Um, but at the same time. They don't give their hours consistent uh, consistent hours. They're, they don't give their workers consistent hours. If they close doors, uh, sometimes workers are given varied to uh, no notice and they don't get a they don't really get to choose which store they'd rather work in. Um, and... At some points during, especially during COVID, Starbucks workers were asked to come to Starbucks. They weren't paid any extra money, but they had to deal, they were frontline workers. People spit at them, punched them, assaulted them, refused to comply uh, with their instructions, etc. Just the situation was untenable. So yeah, that's Starbucks. Uh, Now we're going from mega corporations to countries. Uh, This is not an election. Uh, Pakistan. Uh, we talked about uh, Pakistan's electoral problems in an earlier episode, uh, when the Prime Minister uh, Imran Khan tried to remove Parliament. Um, uh, the Parliament and the Supreme and Pakistani uh, Supreme Court decided to pull a Uno reverse card, and they remove Imran Khan as Prime Minister in a vote of no confidence. Um, so that happened. There's a new Prime Minister. He was formerly, I think he was like minister of something important, previously, and his brother was prime minister. So not saying things are gonna end up good. It's just like, it's.
0: It's just oh, we got somebody new. And not and really, he's not really
1: field. new. He's like oh, we're back to the thing that we were doing before because everyone knows Pakistan used to be so much, uh, used to be such a great stable country in the 2010s when they were housing Osama bin Laden. But yeah, so, <laughs> eh, whatever. Um, in France, the elections happen. Uh, the top two candidates were uh, were uh, the current president, Emmanuel Macron, with 28% of the vote. And then in second place was Marine Le Pen with 24, I believe.
0: That... Wait, that little difference between the two. <gasps>
1: <laughs> Great. Uh, you're making me look up just to thing.
0: I'm not surprised because, I oh don't know, Marine Le Pen is... I don't wanna say she is popular in general in France. It's more like people either absolutely hate her or people are like, eh, okay. But the thing is she's just been in the game for so long there's just Yeah, Emmanuel Macron twenty eight
1: point five percent, uh Marine Le Pen twenty four point two.
0: Okay, a little bit more than four percent. It's four point three. Huh. Yeah. That much better i
1: mean uh i think uh wh- what was his name the socialist he also had a he also had a good running
0: uh yeah Mélenchon. Mélenchon.
1: um I, I
0: can't. yeah the guy i miss uh, i i did the wrong name last time but yes uh, he's doing actually quite well but he's um you know
1: uh,
0: it, it's the, i think it's between mainly the four candidates of zemmour who somehow got well zemmour had less than 10 percent uh, oh okay well yeah, he's a little bit too extreme. Um but I know Mélenchon, Le Pen, Macron are pretty pretty high up there. Is there Yeah, uh, else?
1: Me- me- like me- else me- had uh had twenty-two percent um and oh this is a different source. Uh the Guardian gives me slightly different numbers. Uh Macron twenty seven point nine, Le Pen twenty three point two, Mélenchon have twenty two percent, uh seven point one. So, um... Marine Le Pen...
0: You know what? I'm gonna look up the French sources. I'm gonna find if on the French what is website. Okay, was it? Fr-
1: uh, France FR, or whatever? Le Monde. I don't have French newspapers in, in like, memorized. Noah. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm looking at the government website for France. okay. Um, okay. Emmanuel Macron, uh... Twenty
1: seven point eight five percent. Okay, so the so the what I got what I got was uh, fine. Marine Le Pen is
0: twenty three point fifteen. Yeah. Um, Mélenchon is twenty one point nine five, and finally fourth place is Zemu at seven percent, and the rest are also all under ten percent or five um, yeah. percent. Yeah,
1: I mean, that was the expected winners: Emmanuel and Marine Le Pen. Uh, Mélenchon did better than I expected. Zimu at seven percent is high, but not that high.
0: And I'll just point out that those are the numbers uh, of all the ones who are... So the percentage numbers are among all those who voted. There's a few people who voted that did not actually write down a name. <laughs> what? Um, there is a 26% of... 26% of people uh, have the abs- have an abstention of...
1: Voting. Yeah, that just means that just means, they, that 20, just means no. they didn't vote, Noah. Yeah,
0: so twenty six percent of people uh, abstained from voting. Seventy three percent voted, and one uh, percent of people no. did a black yeah, vote.
1: Yeah, w- uh, one point five one percent said uh, just voted but didn't pick anyone. But like the election participation yeah. is like close to seventy four percent. That's actually really good. The U.S. barely hits barely yeah. hits oh, over well. fifty.
0: Um, yeah, anyways, what's good is that we have a government website that actually gives us this information. So it is confirmed by the, US, by the French election... Uh, de- well, the re- department responsible for Wait, all the elections.
1: You made, me, you made me go to Le Monde, which, I gotta be honest, it's been a while since I've been on a French newspaper.
0: <laughs> no, you go on to intérieur.gouv.com. Okay, well, Noah, I'm the not French. Department.
1: I just knew a French newspaper, and I went for it. Um...
0: All right, well, that's what I got but for
1: yeah. you. Honestly, interesting. Um, so, it, is this going by their natural voting? Yes, Macron is to the right of, like, Show and a lot of candidates, but, like, uh, he's not as right as Le Pen. So if you're going through natural things, just assume most people who voted Zemmour are going to vote for Marine Le Pen. That's put her up at 30%. There could be some other, like, right wing. Um, I expect Macron to win. Because if Mélenchon said uh, said all his supporters should vote for Macron, assuming he gets most of them, uh, that would put Macron uh, like at almost fifty percent.
0: Also, I think you would certainly see numbers changing since more people would certainly vote at the final mm-hmm. round.
1: Well, I mean, I again, I hope Macron wins. Like I, I, like I think he's a little bit of a blowhard when it comes to international politics, but like. France needs some serious domestic changes, and I don't see Marine Le Pen doing it, especially because she would try to get rid of all the immigrants and all, all the Muslims and any racial minority. I mean, not as bad as Zemmour.
0: I don't want to have a not not since... as much
1: as Zemmour. Zemmour wants to commit actual genocide by the legal definition of genocide. But yeah, um <laughs> so I'm glad he lost. Yeah, I, yeah, we
0: don't need another genocide in the current events let's take another quick
1: break before we just two more things and then we're done all
0: right and we're back this time with less political whatever news and finally going on to tech news with fun stuff going on um anyways our favorite billionaire personality has done more craziness what has he done now Okay, so
1: remember how last episode we talked about the fact that he bought like nine percent of twitter which apparently yeah, the way and
0: he, then he said we would put an edit which apparently
1: there, the way he did it is an sec violation <laughs> you're supposed oh, cool. to announce you're supposed to announce when you went over five percent of of valuation but he didn't do that so oopsies um and we talked about how he was potentially joining Twitter's board. But over the weekend, Elon decided, nah, I don't want to do that.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, No, because uh, if, if he accepted a seat on the board, the most he could buy is fourteen uh, about 14% of Twitter. Which is not enough to have majority yep. control. At least not solo majority control. He'd have to find someone else to grab uh, at least another um, 35%.
0: Uh, And he wants to be able to change things on Twitter. So he's going to find a way to control Twitter using something called money. I mean, no
1: one knows what he wants to do with Twitter. Like, he could buy...
0: Well, quoting him, add an edit button and uh, encourage... Because,
1: like, he is worth $300 billion. So if he bought all of Twitter, I think that would cost him about $30 billion. So he'd have 270 left over. Again when we say someone is worth 300 billion dollars that doesn't mean they actually have 300 billion dollars in cash it's usually their assets blah 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 but yeah <laughs> um, theoretically uh, also that's if you bought twitter completely to have to essentially be the largest shareholder and effectively control the company i'm you know technically you officially on paper you need 51% but then there's a lot of people who own stocks who don't vote so like somewhere between 40 and 45 percent
0: yeah now i'm a little curious though about um what was it already oh, i was about to say something and i forgot my what is he thought. Thought I'm
1: gonna do Um, what, how is the SEC going to stop him from breaking more laws?
0: Why, why is it an SEC violation that he didn't announce it? He needs to let the SEC know beforehand because normally you don't want to announce an acquisition right before you do it because it could cause, um, basically people are just going to buy the stock.
1: That's the exact reason. If someone, that, the reason is that if there's going to be a corporate takeover, everyone should know. So this way the stock presumably rises and everyone can benefit from it. Okay. So, that's
0: the reason. Huh. I find that weird. I feel like the fact that you can... That you're legally required to let everyone make money off the stock is just a bit odd.
1: Well, I mean, apparently, uh, Elon saved himself $140 million by breaking the law, so... Huh. According to estimates. Also, at the same time, he t- uh, during his acquisition, he's like, should I make an alternate uh, social media platform? Should I, should I quit Twitter? Blah, blah, blah. Essentially tanking Twitter's stock because I think he's the most of... Like, Elon says something about Twitter and that affects Twitter's stock price before he was an owner.
0: Well, I feel like that's not just Twitter that he affects the stock of. He affects the value of many things through a power Well, yeah,
1: computer. he's a... He, elon runs tesla's entire marketing department from twitter tesla famously spends zero money on advertising it's all elon so hell you could tell me tesla buys twitter i'm like that actually makes sense (laughs) Uh,
0: oh yeah oh well i don't know elon back to doing his ridiculous whatever
1: um but yeah so that's the long news and other stuff apple decided decides to manufacture some of their new iphones in india which is groundbreaking because this is the first time apple decided to manufacture its flagship phones in a country that's not china so
0: i mean they have been manufacturing in india before no that's that's what i'm saying it's the first time they're
1: doing their flagship phones in another country
0: yeah um i think that's not exactly too surprising um I think a lot of companies, but Apple is just a big company, so a lot of what they do just gets a lot of traction, is a lot of companies are looking into investing in places other than just China, especially with supply chain issues and such. They're saying, why would we rely on a single country which has the ability to shut down an entire town for uh, quarantine reasons and so on? and i think that's part of it they don't want to have a major issue like coronavirus be able to completely stop production for a month um again type of situation um but also just diversity is good um it allows them to have like more choice actually about that that reminds me i even looked into um what was it there was a review with two of the mac studios you you Mm -hmm. remember that the m1 studio mac um Actually, it turns out two identical models can have completely different power supplies, despite the fact that they follow the exact same specifications that are produced by two different companies, actually allowing them to source power supplies from multiple companies, meaning if a company has an issue, they can actually rely on the other company for manufacturing, therefore keeping the supply chain actually a lot more streamlined and less likely to be affected by major disruptions.
1: But yeah um no it's so
0: i think it just might be a trend in tech uh we're seeing more push on diversifying uh yeah no
1: i mean it's a if covid revealed anything it's the fragilities of our of our um supply chains so we need to make them more resilient also the the fact that china has rising wages and india has cheaper wages doesn't hurt and also india's population is about like yes it's it's 200 million people smaller than China but it's 1.5 versus 1.3 billion people so like is it really that big of a difference um uh
0: it's still a country with many many people that need to work for money and the yeah i don't know they just have a lot of people with hands who are willing to manufacture stuff and
1: outside of the russia uh, outside of the russia thing the u.s has never threatened a, a trade war with india except for russia and now, and maybe now we're threatening a trade war with india but we're also threatening a trade war with china too so
0: eh. huh. oh well it's just easier to keep thing it's if you rely on globalization, diversify, and if you can, do it domestically. Uh, That's at least, what
1: I'm it not, is. I mean, domestic has the same set of issues, and in anything. I don't want my. I, I don't want a f- iPhone to cost ten thousand dollars. I already think it costs too much at two thousand. At a thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is true. But what I mean is more like um, many companies are either trying to push into uh, doing certain things more domestically that way they have more direct control over it or if they're having things like manufacturing abroad actually diversify for example not just companies but actually geographical locations where things are being manufactured
1: Mm. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how countries and I mean companies adapt and change and we look forward to seeing how things Uh, go
0: world events politics, the economy all just working hand in hand and doing whatever they Mm. do
1: yeah i think we're done and you're right noah i should just stop using the word let's make this episode short
0: all right well i hope you guys all have a good one um you know the socials drill at least michael can say it. It
1: follow us on like instagram it. twitter um, hit us up if you have any questions or want to talk about anything and let your friends uh rate us on apple Podcasts, five stars and nothing else And please let your friends and family know about us.
0: And all I will say is, well, yeah, I'm going to talk about all that. Um, What was I about to say? Oh, yeah, and the only thing I'm going to ask of you guys is, you know, just keep listening and uh, hopefully subscribe to the podcast and listen to our future episodes. And if you do like our stuff and you just discovered us, um, check out our older episodes. We've been doing this for two years now.
1: Yeah. All right. Anyways, peace.
0: Bye-bye.